Welcome to the Dad's Rank Things Podcast, a definitive ranking of the most indefinite things, from the commonsensical to the outright outrageous. Just two dads speaking their minds, or what's left of them. Welcome to episode 23 of Dad's Rank Things. I'm Jones. I'm Tyler. Today we kick it off with songs that get stuck in your head all the time, and other people might consider them awful, but personally, we like them. We like them, that's right. And you know, for me, I'm a big music snob, all right? I'm, I'm, there's a whole lot of snobbery that takes place when my ears get to hear instruments and singing, so. If you missed our episode about three or four ago, he's a CD collector, so he berided me because I, I dumped all my CDs. I literally <laughs> threw them in the trash. Because of And he this, about punched me in the face. I did. Because of this show, I now have like a box like this big of like 80 CDs that people have now started giving me and so they so they're not throwing them away. Like I feel like I'm I'm protecting the universe from the awful music. Op, no, from the apocalyptic meltdown of MP3s when all of your things and like Apple Music comes out and they start telling you guys it's going to cost you $1000 to stream their music, <laughs> you'll all be screwed but I won't be cuz I'll have all the CDs. <laughs> so I'll start it off because I'm not so much of a music snob. Let, but... Let's make Make sure they understand what our category is. Okay. Okay, so once again, these are awful songs. Awful. That you actually like. Personally. Yes, me personally. personally. Everybody else might hate them, but uh, my number three is I Want It That Way from the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> so released in 1999, it was the epitome of boy band era, and this song makes no sense. It's corny, but the melody, it just stays with you. So for me, growing up as like a sophomore or junior in high school whenever this came out, even as a high school male, I liked this song. I couldn't admit it publicly. Now I can, as a dad, I can admit it publicly, but it's catchy. So that's the reason why I like it, and it gets, I mean, it, I still sing it. Every time it comes oh, on the radio to. nowadays, you have to. and they say, I want it that way, you, you, you gotta sing it. Do you sway? Sway? Yeah, a little bit. It had a two-step. Yeah, you have to. I think you have to. Little known fact about this song, it was written by two Swedes. English was a second language for them. That's the reason why a lot of the sentences don't make any sense. Mm. <laughs> it does it's written make, backwards. It does help me. Uh, yeah, you know, so Backstreet Boys, um, and particularly for me, not a group or any of their songs would I really admit to liking when they were popular. Yes. But now as, a, right. as an old dad that mm -hmm. we're getting to that age, I actually have a lot of respect for their music. Yeah, I do. And looking back, like it was simple, it was mm -hmm. catchy. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not no bad. sexual innuendos for you, the kids. But so. we also grew up, and people, you got to help us. And maybe this will be a poll question as well. We had to choose. You either like the Backstreet Boys <laughs> like or you NSYNC. liked NSYNC. Yes. And, and people wouldn't give you grief if you just stuck to one. And don't you dare go to 98 Degrees. No. Don't then, you dare. No, they're like the poor man's. <laughs> if, you ha if you said you liked both of them, then you were like, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't like your music taste, bro. But if you just said Backstreet Boys, I'm NSYNC all the way. They're like, oh, I respect that. Mm -hmm. I respect that. That's the generation we grew up in. It's I was battle. an NSYNC guy. I was a Backstreet Boys guy. There you have it. We would already disagreed. <laughs> I, I'm going to go right now for my number three. And the song that, I'm sorry, everybody can hate it, but I like Old Town Road. Oh my God. I like it. I think, <laughs> I, I like the Billy Ray Cyrus version it's of the, the song. It's gotta be the Billy Ray Cyrus It's gotta remix. be Billy. Uh, yeah. Lil Nas X, just him the whole time, not interested. <laughs> Billy Ray giving us his uh, gritty, good old achy breaky heart uh, version. I like it. I like the song. Oh. All the hate and the spewing of the hate for the song makes me like it more. 
Um, Lil Nas X is actually a pretty decent follow on Twitter. And what even made me like the song more is when he said, I don't understand why A, the song is so popular, and B, why people are so mad about it. I literally wrote a song about a horse. Right. That's he it. Created, he, it was a analogies, whatever people want to say about it, it's just a song about a horse. It's written as a comedy because this dude is a social media star well before he was a music star. That's how he earned his living was on social media. Uh, now, all of a sudden, every single four-year-old in the nation knows this song because my daughter sing it all the time. Yep. And there's even a kid's bop version of it now. Oh, well, that's good. You know, you made it big. Win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so my, my number two... Ooh, I'm admitting this in real life. Uh, my number two is uh, A Thousand Miles by Vanessa Carlton. <laughs> it, it pulls on the heartstrings. It's just a good good piano pop song. I've never not liked the song. I've always liked the song. The movie White Chicks tried to destroy the song, and that it didn't steer me away from... I don't know why we don't have more Vanessa Carlton. What an artist on the on the on the piano. I mean, come on. I wonder how many movies that song has been used in. I well, mean, it, that's it's the thing. Like the... these songs that we've choosing, like they like yours was what in like State Farm commercials. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, with Chris Chance Paul, the Rapper came in too. Yeah, people singing it. <laughs> so I, I think that's when your song gets to a point where people kind of hate it and mock it, then it becomes a, a point of mockery and and can be put on commercials and media. The crazy thing is most of these awful songs, people could recognize it within the first two beats of the song, yeah. and that is one of them. You get the piano <laughs> Yeah, that's the first you, keys you of it. that song. You're you like, know. oh, hey, I know this song. Uh, my number two is going way back in the day, and that's Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go by Wham! I almost put that on my list. You almost put it on there. I swear I almost for, put it on my for list. For some reason, no matter, even, I mean, it's 80s crazy. It's actually made before I was born. Um, but that song... I don't know, it makes you feel good. It gives you the good feelings. Uh, this song, what just happened by stance, similar to what Lil Nas X is kind of like a joke, is because um, Andrew Ridgely was living at home with his mom at the time. He put a note on the door for his mom to wake him up as a wake-up call. He doubled up the words accidentally, and it is kind of like an inside joke. Wham wrote a, wrote a song about it, and rest is history. I, that that was one like even like me as a little kid. Does it, do you have what year that came out? In the 84, 1984. 84, mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember like dancing to that song as like a five year old. <laughs> it's catchy. Yeah, it is catchy. My number one, people who know me won't be surprised by this, is Thong Song by Cisco. Released in Who in their right mind would say this is a bad song? You cannot put this down. This is a fantastic song. Probably one of the most hated on songs in the 2000s. Uh, Mark Andrews is Cisco's real name, and this made him a household name whenever this came out. This is the Summer Jam of 2000, and it's a nursery rhyme song about a genre of underwear. Yes, the thong song. Uh, there's been tons of remixes done on this thing. That's I've true. sang it out in uh, plenty of karaoke bars. Um, he has. A weird thing about Cisco, if, if people don't know this, he only eats off of square plates. Does he only eat the green M&Ms off those square plates? <laughs> Who knows? But Cisco was my hero growing up. He even dyed my hair silver back when I had hair back in high school to be like Cisco. Thong song's a great song. It you is. just have to appreciate... Dumps like a truck. What? What? <laughs> you just have to appreciate the uniqueness of the song. That's what I think. My, my number one uh, is uh, Butterfly by Crazy Town. <laughs> I like the song. Come, my lady. Come, come, my lady. Everybody knows it, right? It's a, it's a popular song. The group, um, that was pretty much it for these guys. They didn't have much. Uh, although, you know, you had 
Cisco didn't really have much following that, I suppose. Yeah. Was he in the band Drew Hill? He was. Drew Hill was. was yeah, he was in that band. Who was, and so, yeah, we we kind of had some one-hit wonders. We'll see it. Lil Nas X. I don't I don't feel his career going anywhere. He did release <laughs> another song. It really wasn't popular. T uh, tell me something about Crazy Town and Butterfly song though. Can can you recite the whole thing, or is just the chorus kind of it? No, I just kind of black. I just kind of black out during the <laughs> during the verses, and then I come back in hard with the chorus. Uh, but that one that one particularly. And you know, this is what music does. If you realize, almost each time we've talked about one, we relate it back to like a life experience. So for True. me, uh, Crazy Town and Butterfly will will always be um, brought back to my spring Good break. Like <laughs> it got popular, came out in like March of I don't even know '03 or something <laughs> like that. But anyway, it was a spring break song. So everywhere you went in spring break, that song was playing. People liked it. They danced to it. Uh, and so for me, it gave me the it gives me the good positive reflection. So I'm always gonna like it. People hate it, but that's what we're doing here. Lots of makeout sessions that song. Oh right? boy. <laughs> One of the things we ranked in the past was our favorite TV dads of all time, and the response from you guys was actually really good. We had a great collection of TV dads spanning back to 50s, 50s 60s. Yeah. And uh, we were kind of hoping to get that same response from you guys about this certain group. Uh, we didn't get a lot of backlash. Most of our picks were pretty respected, but it, if we did the dads, we gotta, we gotta rank the moms, mm -hmm. of course. You know, this is dads rank things, but hey, we, we give shout outs to our moms all the time. So, again, this um, is not best moms, this is our favorite, favorite TV, TV moms. moms so, you know, I think, you know, the Brady's would be in there for best, but let's yeah. we're gonna focus on our favorites, right. all right? So, for me, um, one of my favorite shows, uh, in the past, you know, couple decades was Everybody Loves Raymond. Hey, so. But, uh, but I, you know, I went down and I had Deborah Barone yep. as one of mine, but I didn't stop there. I had to slash it because I don't think Deborah's as good as Deborah without Marie Barone. Uh, All right, so mm, I had Grandma mm. and I had You Mom. like Marie, I, huh, as a I character? Had, oh, yeah. Uh, look, I, got, I got Deborah's my number two. Ma but. Marie had to put up with Frank. So right. when I think about it, no, Frank had to put up with Marie. Ah, uh, get on out that of one. here. So when I when I when I think about it, you know, I'm like, you know, they they basically had to work together. They had both, and uh, yeah. So I, they, I they butt heads a lot too. That's they're, what makes it great. They're they're uh, opposite ends of the spectrum, I think, on moms. Or yep. Deborah lets things happen. Of course, she's the mother of twin boys, which anybody who does that is a saint. Um, and she had an, a complete emotional repertoire with her eyes like her eye rolls and everything were just classic she convey a wheel of emotions just with her eyes and so you'd have you had yes overbearing yeah overbearing protect is... protect her kids till till death right marie right and then deborah was the opposite and she just couldn't realize how a mom in this day and age could do what she was doing and she couldn't realize why right that's why i think they're both great moms and I, i'll tell you i'll tell you one of my favorite lines in tv history Okay, I know we've, mm -hmm. we've, we've kicked around. We're, we'll probably have movie quotes coming here. Mm -hmm. TV quotes something you don't really talk about. Yeah. But we should. It'd be a good one. This this might be... Should I save it? It's my number one? I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> so, Frank, you know, Frank and, and, and Marie are, are arguing. And um, Marie, you know, says to Frank, you know, you, you can't just treat me like this. I'm not some sort of trophy wife. You know, there's a great pause, mm -hmm. great comedic pause from Frank. And he looks at her straight in the eyes and he says... 
what prize in hell did I win <laughs> to have you as my wife? That's pretty good. So, uh, that's one of my favorite lines uh, from, from TV history, but those two kick us off, and you can give us a little bit more about your Deborah Barone. That's a good balance back and forth. Um, but yeah, Deborah was my number two. So my number three is Harriet Winslow from Family Matters. So Harriet is one of those where she's strict, but you know she loves you. And that's mm -hmm. what I like in a, in a mom, to make sure she still has a soft heart, but she's going to be hard on you for a little bit to force the best out of you. A uh, little known fact about Harriet is that she actually graduated from the police academy with Carl, but oh. when they got pregnant with Eddie, she had to give it all up to stay at home. So that's the reason that's why what she a good goes, mom does. She has to go through all those jobs and through the whole show of Family Matters, through the eight seasons that they had, but it's because she gave up her early career for Eddie to be a mom. And she's got to put up with Urkel. That's true. <laughs> yeah. You didn't even, she, you didn't wait that in there. Uh, yeah, but the, another thing about that show is Urkel, she knows that Urkel loves Laura, so she never leaves the two alone. If you notice in that show, in every single scene where they might, Urkel and Laura are messing around, Harriet never leaves. She never leaves those two alone. Moms, take notes. Mm -hmm. don't, let your, don't let your daughters around don't creepy kids. Urkel. <laughs> uh, my number two, if you followed our TV dads list, you'll have the husband of this one, but I had to go with Claire Dunphy on this one. Uh, you know, it came back, ended up being a good working mom but mm -hmm. you know she's got to put up with her goofball husband you know we can kind of relate to that for our wives uh she likes her wine yeah. you know she's pretty normal uh and I, I i think that that's the i know it's a modern family's name of the show mm -hmm. but she's kind of the modern day right. mom super mom and yeah. try, tries to do everything and sometimes fails and i think that's what's kind of good about the show and and good about claire dunphy so another one of those where it's, it's strong but caring at the same time. She yeah, not even as caring. Like yeah, she's she, like she'll be a smartass sometimes right. rather than a nurturer. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's where we're going a little bit with moms. Mm -hmm. Should I go my number one or you want to go? I'll, I'll go my number one. Okay. I don't know if I'll have the same one or not because we both love the same show. Mm. Uh, that is Bonnie Kelly from Always Sunny. So yes, <laughs> aka Charlie's mom, and it could no. be Max mom too. Again, no. this is the favorite moms, not the best moms. The favorite moms. <laughs> I like how you said that it could be Max. It could be mom Max too. mom too. We don't necessarily know. Um, but every every single scene that she's in, she steals because in a show of rational people, she is perhaps the craziest one, but also the most lovable one. Like who hates Charlie's mom? Nobody. Nobody, nobody, nobody hates, hates Charlie's Charlie. mom. I love Charlie's so mom. So for me, the, she, she's she's my favorite TV mom because again. Every single time she's in a scene, she's funny, but also she loves Charlie. She's one of those that's a little bit overbearing sometimes, but she loves her son or sons in the show. Wow, that surprises me. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm a, it's a good surprise. Uh, I'm gonna go off the beaten path a little bit from, from my number one, but my number one TV mom is Carmela Soprano. Whoa. That's right, the, dark. the it, it did get dark on us, the mob wife mm -hmm. of the one of the greatest mob actors of all time, Tony Soprano, mob bosses of all time, I should say. Uh, Carmela, look, let's be honest, she dealt with a whole bunch of shit, okay? And her being able to put up with Tony for as long as she did, uh, still maintaining her her quality Catholic faith. Resiliency. Ra resiliency, raising two kids, being tempted by the dark side of guilt throughout the show, uh, but yet holding it all together and trying to keep the family running uh, on the most normal possible level while knowing mob secrets and Tony killing people, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Um, No snitch either. No snitch, no. right? She never sold out. Yep. Was loyal to her husband. Uh, AJ, what an awful, awful kid. You know, <laughs> get that kid out of here. I think he ended up in like a psych ward or something in the last season, and he deserves it, and she handled it very, very well. Uh, and still cared for him. That's a that's a good quality, good. strong, tough, 
uh, mom that had to go through everything, Carmela Soprano. Like how we went opposite ends of the spectrum. <laughs> the nonsense serious. comedy and you had a very, very dark show. So when we were younger growing up, there's always those things that your dad said that in the moment you're like, I will never say that in my life. But now flash forward 20 years later and all of a sudden, we say it all the time. We catch ourselves saying these things. So we decided what, what are the top things that are etched in our memory that our dad said that now we do it all the time. Uh, my, my number three is they don't make them like they used to. Mm, they don't. You, you know you're getting old when you reflect back on product quality. Yeah, now I catch myself saying it about shoes, about TVs, about computers, uh, even about clothes sometimes because they just don't last with, like they used to. So for me, my dad was, uh, <laughs> he was stingy, so he never bought anything new. So always when something broke, he always complained about it. I'm now in that same boat. You know, it's funny, I, I, I use this phrase now as well, but I always preface mine with this th these three words. Even with technology, comma they, they don't make they don't make, they don't make them like they used to. Yeah. Even with technology, this just wasn't as good as it used to be. Like even these phones, yeah, they do a lot. But you remember the Nokia phones that you could not break? You'd run over that shit with a tank, and that mm. would not crack. Mm -hmm. These screens, paper thin. Yeah, I actually did run over my Nokia with a car, <laughs> and it was still working. No, still I work. shattered the shit oh, out okay. of it. <laughs> you must not have had my Nokia phone then. <laughs> I literally ran over it with a car. That's on me. That's on me. Um, my my number three, and I'll say it in the voice that I heard it uh, okay. growing up, is off like a hoida toitles. <laughs> so anytime we were going somewhere as a family or on vacation, you know, my dad and my mom both would say, "All right, we're off like a herd of turtles, mm -hmm. right to to our destination." And they always said, "Off like a hoida toitles," and I was like, "This is the stupidest thing." Why, not, why with that accent? I don't is know. It from New England? I have no idea where it comes from. I don't know why they say it like that or what it means. Hmm. Uh, but now when we're going on trips mm -hmm. like with my family, now I'm like, all right, off like a hoi to toitles. Just rolls off the tongue, it huh? Just, it just comes out. I've never heard that saying before. It just comes out, yeah. I had never either. And I, you know what? I've never so heard it. It doesn't really make sense now that I think about it. Why does a herd of turtles move fast? They don't. <laughs> they don't. So I guess we'll just freaking Go get slow. there when we get there. <laughs> So it does hold some weight in that sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my number two is, is you know, if you want to get style points with the wife at home, you have to sometimes call your father-in-law dad, right? Okay. So my number two comes from my other dad, Okay. my father-in-law. And uh, the number two one is work gets in the way of fun. He always said it to me, even though when I was young and, and trying to court his daughter and everything like that, and, mm -hmm. you know, he'd maybe invite us to do something, and, uh, you know, we can't, and right. we, we have work, and he'd be like, <laughs> well, work gets in the way of fun. And I'm always like, God, like, shut up, I know it does. And now here I am, when even like when younger kids say like, or I ask someone to do something, and they're a mm -hmm. younger kid, and they, they say they can't, they gotta go work because they're 16, 17, I'll be like, well, work gets in the way of fun. And I'm like, ah! Got to pay those dues. But yeah. The follow-up question is: Your father don't have a job? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. He <laughs> works. He important. works like way more than any of us. So but that's probably why he says that. He understands that now. Yeah. A work life gets, lesson. Work gets in the way of fun. Gotcha. I like that saying. I need to take heed of that too because I work all the time. Yeah. Uh, my number two is shut the door. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> the shut the door is the saying. If there was one phrase that it's etched in my auditory memory, it is this one because my dad said it to me and my sister every single day of our lives. And now that I'm older, I realize his frustration because now I have two kids that never shut the damn door. It's frustrating because mm. 
then you are required to get up and shut the door. I see. Well, I see. It makes sense now. The kids are long gone. They run off. There's no responsibility. The it's, le it's left with you to do it. So now I understand, your did, dad, why, why you were so mad at us for not shutting the door. Did your dad follow up with something like, we're not trying to air condition the whole Adams County. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Need to save on those, those costs, yeah. those heating and, and air That's costs. That's right. It's very important. But shut the door. That, shut the door. But now you see the root behind it because you're yeah. comfortable. You don't want to get up and actually go shut the door. Right. And I don't want to pay for those heating and air costs either. That's true. That's true. Hard-earned money. I got work for that. Heating and air costs. <laughs> uh, my number one is go ask your mom. I used to think this was a cop-out from my dad, like he always gave me that answer and I never really understood why. And now I know the truth. Uh, it was a cop-out? Well, yeah, it's a cop-out, <laughs> it's an easy way to go, but sometimes you don't know the answer to the questions. Like, can mm. I do this? Can I have that? I empathize with him now because I realize um, sometimes you do need that excuse. You need that second opinion. We, we Yes, we empathize with your dad because now we know we didn't want to get in trouble. Correct, yeah. <laughs> well, Dad said yes, then you're in trouble. Yeah. So he said, well, you got to go ask your mom. Yeah, you always got to have the mother's approval to do anything, regardless of what how small that task may be. That's a really good one. I mean, it's That's simple. And now we know. Now we know why it happens. Yes. Uh, yeah, the, so the last one for me is, uh, it's interesting. It, it, it's from my dad, not my, not my father-in-law this time. Um, and it's a joke. You know, I work in athletics. You know, so things happen a lot. I, I, I coach little kids. I coach college kids. And so all the time people are coming up to you saying, this hurts, mm -hmm. right? This hurts. That hurts. This hurts. I know where you're going. So my dad's saying growing up all the time was, well, does your face hurt? Oh, I, I thought you were going to rub some dirt and, on it. And no. And they say no. And he said, well, it's killing me. <laughs> And that, that's it. Does your face hurt? No. Well, it's killing me. So he would disregard your injury, yeah, your well-being, your emotions, and he would punch you while you're down. I didn't see that coming. No, either. you thought he rubbed some dirt on it. You know, I heard that a lot uh -huh. growing up from my mom. I think you know, uh, but no, it was my dad. Well, does your face hurt? No. Well, it's killing me. And you can get away with that now in today's day and age too. That's a good. At least a, the kids don't complain about it's it. It's kind of a quality dad joke, you know. <laughs> Even my, you know, 21 year old players, they they're not really happy about it sometimes when I ask that. So because they're complaining about something different. He's not calling you ugly. It's just a joke. No, no, no. Does your face hurt? No, nope, it's killing me. <laughs>